When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audio books, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs another thing too guys that's not all they have they also have they also have finish if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021 they have stuff for that too like finishing more books or becoming a better parent leader or a person how-to books which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. I forgot to take us off mute. So, <laughs> hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. I just want to say welcome, everybody. And for tonight's podcast, I actually have... Charlie. Charlie. Hi. <laughs> it's okay. And we're actually going to be doing some movie news tonight. I hope that everybody enjoys what we actually have to offer. We have some movie news, like Christopher Nolan is actually parting ways with WB over the HBO Max uh, plans to actually release all theatrical movies onto HBO Max and also to release them into theaters at the same time. Then we also have some Morbius news that actually that movie actually got pushed back. Then we also have um, some Uncharted news as well with the movies that just got pushed back as well. So, without further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with the show. So, what topic do you want to talk about first? Um, let's go ahead and discuss the Sony news. Um, all right, so like the, this episode, pretty much all the movie news that came out this week has been essentially not not uplifting. It's been a downer. It's like it's like a, it's we're starting over twenty twenty again with all the movies getting delayed. So Sony and like on that day announced that they're pushing back the release dates for Ghostbusters Afterlife, Uncharted, Cinderella, and Peter Rabbit two. And so with no streaming service of their own to utilize on the heels of. Selling Lord Mills like Lord slash Miller's The Mitchells versus the Machines to Netflix, Sony is elected to push back the releases of uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Uncharted, Cinderella, and Peter Rabbit Two: The Runaway according to Deadline. 
Um, the latest installment in the Dan Aykroyd at Harold Ramis created franchise will move from its June date to November 11th, where it stands alone, while the live-action hybrid family sequel will hit um, in hit theaters in Ghostbusters Place, which is the um, Peter Rabbit, um, leaving his Easter weekend a date alongside uh, MGM's No Time to Die. That one got pushed, too. We'll cover that. Um, the Camilo Cabello fronted musical comedy fairy tale adaptation to sh- is shifting from February to July 16th, where it'll go up against Space Jam and New Legacy. And the Tom Holland led adaptation of the beloved Naughty Dogs franchise is seeing the biggest delay as it moves from July this year to February of 2022. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel bad for Uncharted. You know, that oh, movie has I... been a damn nightmare. Like you said, between directors yeah. leaving, writers leaving, then also, too, you also have more directors leaving. It's like, if you actually think about it, it's actually one of those bending uh, doors. As one mm-hmm. director is leaving, the other one's coming in. As one writer is leaving, the other one's coming in. Mm-hmm. So it's the same kind of concept with this. I mean, I'm excited for this movie. I love the matter of fact, I've talked about this with Frenchie and everything on the show a couple of days ago. Where I said I like the pictures, I like what I saw, I like the fact that they're actually going with the pirates plot line and everything uh, with the last Uncharted video game. I like that whole entire concept. I talked about that, and and it just seems like when you think that this movie's going to be within reach, it gets yanked away. Mm-hmm. And I want this movie to actually happen. I want this movie to actually see the light of day. It's just that they keep pushing it back and they keep pushing it back. It's like. How many more times are you going to keep pushing this back until we just are like, okay, there's an Uncharted movie. Nobody is wanting to see this now because the lack of excitement has actually reached its door. Because that's all we've been talking about for the last year and even now is when are we going to get the Uncharted movie? Well, I mean, the fact is, it's filmed. They're fil- It's filmed. It's just a matter of when they're releasing it. So we know we're going to get this movie. This one's. Uh, this one's. This one's uh, has a more like has a better shot of happening than the uh, Crow reboot has of happening. <laughs> well, that got shut down altogether. The Crow reboot. Yeah, I know. I'm glad yeah. that the Crow reboot got shut down. I mean, I think I. I. I mean, it's just. It is just bleeding my excitement early. I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. Um, I'm excited for it. I think I love the video games. I mean, they're just fantastic games, and this movie's gonna be great. I'm, uh, and then I, I'm just excited for it. I mean, it's in this one. It wasn't its fault. It had to do with the outside raw elements. I mean, because I, I mean, there's a chance that may, like stuff that comes out in May might have to might end up getting delayed. Like we're probably gonna get a Black Widow delay soon. We'll probably get like anything coming out in May is not really safe. Because of what's going on in the world, and that's and that's why I'm happy we got these streaming services that actually can show you the movie, and like and it, it yeah it sucks we don't get the movie theater experience anymore right now because of the pandemic, but I'm happy that we can get this be able to calm our nerves and watch these movies because at some point theaters will open back up. It's just a matter right. of when, not a matter of if. Right, it's all about a matter of if and when. Um. You know, I'm actually excited to maybe possibly get back to some normalcy to where I can actually go out and see a movie, ha- shove some popcorn in my face, have a good time, watch Uncharted, watch Morbius, another movie that I've been wanting to see that got pushed back as well. And, you know, 
it just goes to show that this how much this pandemic has actually been taken away from us. And at the same yeah. time, we also get some great original content behind it. But it's just the big blockbusters, right? That's actually what we're been yeah. craving for is the big blockbuster films that we normally get during the summertime. And mm -hmm. like I said, every single time them, whenever it's actually within reach with us, they yeah. get taken away from us again. And I would like to actually see them maybe make a deal with um, maybe HBO Max, Hulu, or something to where we can actually get some kind of movie going. At least, you know, have it played out in select theaters overseas. And then after that, you know, have it on the streaming services and then do like Wonder Woman 1984. Go which, down that route. Which I want to let everybody know, if you've not seen it yet already... It will like it will not be on HBO Max past Sunday. It's like it expi It's no longer on HBO Max after January twenty fourth. So if you have not seen it. Watch it soon because it won't be on HBO Max any. Like, hey, for probably like it's because it was only there for like a, a short time. So that that's yep. just something to keep in mind. Anything that HBO Max is only in there for like thirty days. Which is actually fair though, if you actually think about it. I like the fact that you know they're you know they're giving us some content. From the movie theaters and it's like okay for a limited time you get to actually see x and a matter of fact yes. the newest movie the little things with denzel washington and rami malik is actually going to be released on the 30th i believe or somewhere around that area on the day. a week from today it's yeah about a week today. today so i'm actually excited to actually see the new uh denzel washington movie that's going to be released yeah. and not only that but i wouldn't be surprised if they actually re, uh, actually they release this for limited theaters, just so they can mm -hmm. get the Academy Award nominations yeah. going. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, whatever theaters are open, which right now it's not many. No. Um, I so, guess. The... Okay. But I'm gonna die. Here's another thing though that I want to mention is the Morbius uh, movie though. Because, uh, yeah, you know me, I'm a huge right advocate for Morbius. <laughs> you know me, I'm a huge advocate for Morbius. Morbius yeah. is actually my favorite villain within the Spider-Man franchise, mm -hmm. you know. And I would love to see that, because I also like Jared Leto as an actor. I think he's a pretty good actor whenever he's mm -hmm. actually given the right script, the right development, and stuff like that. And the directors actually know that they can get the best out of him. It's just that I feel bad that this movie is actually being hit on hold, because... To me, this doesn't make sense. You're holding this movie back so it won't compete with the um, Die Another Day. Or mm -hmm. what's the name of the James Bond movie? No Time to Die. It's going to be coming. Live, no, yeah, No Time to Die. Which doesn't make any sense to me at all why you yeah. would hold Morbius back. You can easily mm -hmm. slide him into the November schedule for this mm -hmm. year and be okay because No Time to Die is actually coming out before about in October, so it's perfect yeah. to actually slide him back or slide him over there without any problem. Yeah, but they want to put this thing back until next year. I'm like, why? There's no purpose in that, in my opinion, yeah. because I think that you know you can still be safe. You can actually go on ahead, put him in a November slot, and have no time to die in October, and be perfectly fine because by then. No Time to Die has already made its money. Yeah. It's already made its run. So therefore, you know, you won't have to worry about it slamming Morbius yeah. up against the wall or anything like that. 
So that was the next yeah. article I was about to mention was about Morbius. Uh, we uh, <laughs> so it says following No Time to Die is Miss Delay. It's if they decide to follow suit and change the release date of this to right, originally scheduled for an October eighth, twenty twenty one release date. Um, this article has a glitch, like as an error in it. It said came it would have been out yesterday. Because <laughs> the article said it would have been out. Uh, it says push been pushed back to next year and now set to hit theaters in January twenty first, twenty twenty one. I think they meant the met twenty twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> the art, that's what yeah. the article said. But um, again, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking on this. Maybe because maybe since Bond is also technically it's, it's part Sony, part Universal. Um, it's universe. It's oh. distributed by Universal overseas, and this one I think That's Sony true. probably got. Um, and I think the October eighth is like right there. I mean, then again, we don't know what the pandemic's going to look like in October, so I guess they were trying to make it the safe bet. Um, yeah, it's a bummer that we're like twenty twenty one's already started out like twenty twenty. They were delaying stuff like crazy, <laughs> but I think it's. I think they don't want to pull what happened with Warner Brothers. How they had. Two big blockbusters and then theater, like in theater total, not doing what they expected because at no fault of their own, the theaters were closed, so they couldn't really right. like, control the box office, um, which is unfortunate because I was hoping for Tenet to do a big hit, and I still think right. it is. I mean, theater wise, but I mean, it just got the raw the raw end of the stick. It definitely did, if you actually think about it, though, with Tenet. Because, yeah. you know, a movie like Tenet and have Christopher Nolan's name plastered on yeah. that poster and plastered onto the movie itself, you know it's guaranteed mm-hmm. going to make millions of dollars, if not billions of yeah. dollars. And yeah. that's why Warner Brothers loves working with him because they know that he's a cash cow. He, they know that he yeah. brings in the crowd. But with this, they figured even with the small amount of money that they made, that's actually pretty decent, but not the greatest numbers whenever you look at it because of the pandemic. But yeah. from a student standpoint, it's like, okay, well, we lost this X amount of money through the PR department mm-hmm. and everything else. And even if you took a third of that away, we, they still lost money with it. But, you know, at the same time, it's it's decent, but not, in, not enough to actually say this was a blockbuster smash hit. And then also, too, that I want to mention is the fact that, you know, with, um, with Tenon and everything, too, like I mentioned, Christopher Nolan's a household name whenever it comes down to Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. They're safe with him. They know what to expect from him. Yeah. And, you know, I just feel bad that this movie didn't make as much. But you actually need to have the New York movie theaters open. And then you also need the California, which actually controls the marketplace. Those two are the biggest markets. Yeah. You have those two. Play. Right. Exactly. So if you had those opened and let's say for example that our theaters down here was closed it would still make money because they are the ones who controls the market yeah it, um so. but like i said i mean it's a bummer but i think it's it's making up for it in the home release sales i think it made a lot of like i don't know the exact numbers but i just know people were wanting to see this i i don't think like i said i don't think warner brothers i mean the warner brothers took a hit with these two but let's just like in the, in the scheme of things, pandemic happened. There is no like this is something nobody control. It's not like years ago when Disney came out with original ideas like John Carter and um, the Lone Ranger and Peach Dragon. 
multi-million dollar losses just from right. that movie alone with no out- extermination circumstances. There was no pandemic that John Carter was a huge $200 million flop. And then, then you had, um, and then the Lone Ranger, another $200 million flop. And, and then it's like, and that was original ideas. And then that, that they keep producing those out and there was no out during circumstance that did it. It's just for this to fail because of a pandemic. I mean, that's, I mean, I just take their right. Warner Brothers take the loss with a grain of salt. I mean, you're, you have a, a hit so far and it's only been a couple months. You have a hit uh, streaming service in HBO max. Plus you get Warner brothers to work with you to release movies, but in both formats. I mean, I think it's a win-win for HBO. I max. think so too. Now let me ask you this. Okay. In the early two thousands, we already knew that, you know, movies would actually, with DVD sales and stuff like that is actually how they actually make their bread and butter as well. So now with this mm-hmm. pandemic, would you actually say that we're back in that same time frame in the early 2000s where people buying physical media, even digital media for that example as well? Would you say that they're actually doubling or tripling their money because of this pandemic, because of the um, if we're back at, at that kind of season again? I'm not sure. Um, I don't really know. Like like I said, I don't remember much of what was going on around the 2000s. Um, I was still pretty yeah. young by then. Okay. Um, well, here's the thing. Back in the 2000s, like if a bo- movie, bo- if a movie failed, if it bombed, they're like, well, you know what? We can make it up on the next quarter by releasing these movies on DVD. People will actually go ahead and buy these movies on DVD and make up the difference. So my thing is this: with this pandemic going on, maybe this is the return of physical media sales. Maybe this is the return of even with digital sales itself. Maybe this is a way to actually make up for that quarter loss that they actually um, that they lost money on with marketing everything in the th- for the mm-hmm. theaters and stuff like that, and making up that difference. I mean, I agree. I mean, I could I could see that. I mean, um, that's like I like I said, I I was planning on buying Tenant. That was, Tenant was like I didn't see the movie. I was gonna buy it already. Like this, just the <laughs> gut feeling. Dude, I'm gonna enjoy this. So it was just going to be one of those impulse buys, and I typically don't do that much for movies because I get a chance to see them. But for this, I'm like, absolutely, I was buying Tenet. <laughs> so I could agree with that. I mean, look what happened with Trolls, how much money. Well, right. it made money, but I think everybody was, like, jump, like, like jumping on the high end of how much money they – like, they are like, overestimating how much money they made. And they, they made a little yeah. bit less than they were expecting, but it still was a hit. That was all through digital. Right. And – um. I mean, I think it's it's it, it depends on what how they do it. Like, I mean, if they do it, like if they release it to everybody, yeah, that's going to make money. But if you do the whole thing with Disney did with Mulan, you got to have Disney Plus, and you got to spend an additional thirty bucks, and you don't even keep the movie. You get yeah. to rent it, and you don't even keep the movie. I'm like, I'm yeah. like a friend, my friend Sean. He was like, man, geez, if this was thirty bucks, I I would just buy the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray, <laughs> and that means because I get to keep it. Um, right, exactly. And that's why that's why I see HBO Max like ahead of the game on that for what they're doing with Warner Brothers. They're releasing the movies out there that are already coming out, like in theaters that give you, but you don't have to pay extra to watch it. Yeah, right. it, yeah, it goes away in thirty days, but I'm pretty sure Warner Brothers will actually release these movies on Blu-ray and DVD at some point. Right, but I and also that, think that's why, too. Right, I I agree with you on that wholeheartedly on that man um because here's another thing though too 
that I actually want to make a point on is this. They're like, oh, Christopher Nolan, I'm not going to go on ahead and go into that topic yet, but this is just a little mm -hmm. nod to what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. But, you know, I can understand directors being scared of this because it's something new, right? Yeah. And we're afraid of what's new rather than because mm -hmm. we don't know what to expect from it. And because we don't know mm -hmm. what to expect from it, it could be our worst fears. But if you do it a certain way, like they're doing right now, it can still make money. It can be still successful because here's the thing. Diehard film fans that are fans of the comic book-based movies will go on ahead, they'll go out, support the movie, and then come back and watch it on Max. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what Anthony did from ACS. He went on ahead, went down to the movie theaters, came back, watched it on HBO Max. It could be the same way for any movie, though, if you think about it. Average movie-going audience might actually miss going into the movie theaters. It's like, you know what? I need to see this on the big screen. I need to actually see mm -hmm. everything in this full detail not on my 45-inch TV screen or 50-inch yeah. uh, or 60-inch screen. I okay. need to see this with everybody so I can actually have that movie-going experience. And then before you know it, that person goes out and sees this movie, and then maybe he's like, you know what? I had a good time in the theater. Let me see if I have that same experience in the theater that I had in um, at home now. So it could work yes. on different angles. Yeah. And also, too, is like if there's a theater not near you and everything's closed, you don't get that option to go to the theater – like, I don't know, like, in Maryland, all the theaters near me are closed, and I don't really feel safe to go travel all the way down there to go see a movie in theaters. And, like, for some movies, like, some of the stuff that Warner Bros. has got coming out, the little things, to be honest, I don't think it's going to be a big hit in theaters. That's why I think it fits the more HBO Max feel to it. I mean, I mean, I, I, was, I was hoping I wanted to go see it anyway, because I love Denzel, oh, and he's just awesome. But well, just the, that type of movie in a sense, I don't think is going to do as well in theaters at this point because it's not that big blockbuster. And that's True. why I think it's that. That's why it's going to help it. It's going to get that maybe vo word of mouth as people can watch it on HBO Max. And then, and then they say if they liked it, they can watch it again and, or buy the movie in a sense. But uh, some movies, like I said, um, I like I said, I don't know what August is going to be. I mean, I, the, the, I, if, I, if I get my choice to see it in theaters, I can see, I'll see the Suicide Squad in theaters. But if I don't, I'll just watch an HBO Max. But the one movie I think that needs to be the theater experience, and I'm hoping everything's calm by then, is The Matrix 4. I mean, for that, The Matrix changed the game when it came to sci-fi action. And that right. one is a theater experience. And hopefully by December... That because that is one movie I want to go see in theaters because they're already like a couple of castmates already said this has changed the game again, and that they're like they're they, they like the two of them let's look at each other like we're about to change something and so obviously that that gets me intrigued already than I already am for that movie but it, it is it's a, it works for some movies doesn't work for others so like they said I think HBO Max again is is in a win win right now. I could see that. Okay, so what do we have next? All right, um, since we were talking about the, uh, we mentioned No Time to Die earlier. Um, no Time to Die again is got like seems to be keeps dying over again because <laughs> it got del it got delayed again to uh, fall of twenty twenty one. Um, so after being delayed from April twenty twenty last year to April twenty twenty one this year, MGM decided that it's been delayed once again due to the current pandemic's effect on theater attendance. And the way the way things are going, I don't see theaters opening back up in April. So I think this is 
a good move. Um, but anyway, it's been delayed again once a year, uh, once again due to the um, and it's just uh, it's just placed from the film the film in the fall of October eighth, twenty twenty one, which will compete directly with Sony's current Morbius, which has got delayed to next year. And then MGM's own The Adam's Family's 2 is opening one week prior on October 1st, along with Warner Brothers' Epic Dune, the latter which will be day and date in theaters and HBO Max. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I'm a little bummed this got delayed, but I've been saying this since the pandemic. The longer this keeps getting delayed, the better the chance I get to go see this in the way it should be in the theaters. Right. So the longer they keep pushing it, the longer we get to get the, get to see the theater experience. And this is something you need to probably, hopefully, be able to see in the theaters. Daniel Craig's last outing, and I think he's going out with a bang in this one. It looks awesome. I think so too. Like I mentioned this on the audio only ver- version of the podcast with the trailer review that I've done. Mm-hmm. It looks fun. It looks like they brought that edge to bond that we've been waiting for with all the other films that we had prior and remember mm-hmm. that all those films are dark and everything too so if you remember all those films were actually dark and everything now we actually have some lighted lightness to it though in a sense we actually have the car with the gun we actually have certain things that we had from the other Bond films in this movie that actually brings out Bond. And then Daniel mm. Craig on his last uh, ride as Bond is what people has actually been waiting on. And I feel like with this situation, with this right now, like you said, the longer they wait, the bigger the crowd is. Number one, we've been waiting for a blockbuster film. We have that. We've been waiting for a major uh, film to come out in this, in this Bond. You can't. It's win-win. It's a perfect yeah. win for this situation. If you yeah. actually think about it, I think I just from what I've seen the trailer, I actually think this is a darker. It's a grittier take because mm-hmm. they show the trailer and then the car with the gun. Yeah, but it's just the, the delivery of the lying. I'm like, I've never lied to you. I'm like, we all have our secrets. We just haven't gone to yours yet. I mean, this the delivery of that, the intensity. Sure. This movie is going to be really intense. Like I've like told a couple of my colleagues at work and who are big Bond fans, I think the girl's dying right off the bat. I mean, the trailer doesn't show you specifically how far into the movie we are. We could be maybe like, like that could maybe be the first opening sequence, and we're five minutes in, and yeah, it looks like she, like and he ends up seeing her again. But I think when we come to an hour or before the definitely before the movie ends. She, the, the the love interest is gonna die, and I think they're doing a little take on that uh on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So I've predicted that's this. Right. I think she's dying. I think she's dying early on, and and that leads him to travel overseas to deal with Rami Malek's villain, who looks like this very vindictive, very um, Javier Bardem like from Skyfall. But he he had a different take on it, and he was fantastic. But and then getting Blofeld back, like I said, I'm just interested in how they're going to set this up. And as soon as this movie's released, like at any point when the movie's released, then they're going to announce who the new Bond is. I, I, that would be pretty cool to actually do it that way. That's actually smart to do it that way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I read something that said that. They're waiting. Because if they announce it now, then nobody's going to like, oh, like 
they're going to lose the effect of what this movie's going to do. And obviously, I mean, right. just the stunts I've seen from this, like the latest trailer, like a car's chasing him down in a forest, car flips right by his feet, or like, or he dodges the, the car right when it flips. I mean, it's just, they're going all out with this, and they need to. <laughs> they do. They really do. This is uh, Daniel Craig's Logan, if you actually think about it. Yeah. So... This is actually going to be fantastic. I can't wait. This thing's going to be intense. This thing is going to be dark. This thing is going to have everything that we wanted in a spy thriller movie. So I can't wait to actually see it. So what else do we have? Um, the next one is another uh, Mother Delay. Um, it's uh, Edgar Wright's movie called The Last Night in Soho. It was pushed back to late October. Um, this was supposed to come out. April 23rd, 2021, and this movie stars Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, it's supposed to be out on Friday, October 22nd of 2021. Um, I'm trying to see, read it. Uh, I'm Thomas and Harcourt McKenzie as Eloise to Anya Taylor-Joy and Matt Smith. Um, not really sure what this movie is, but right, uh, Edgar Wright calls it a psychological horror thriller in the realm of Don't Look Now and Roman Polanski's Repulsion. Um, again, I'm not 100% sure with this, but it's another big movie that uh, a lot of people have been uh, looking forward to by Edgar Wright. So, um, again, I'm not, not 100% sure exactly what this is. Then again, there's not much details from this, but that movie, another delay. <laughs> Right, I don't know the details either, but the whole fact that it's an Edgar Wright film has me intrigued, because I love Edgar Wright when it comes down to his stuff, especially Baby Driver. So, last night in Soko, I'm actually... What? You're disappointed in that movie? That movie's great. I was expecting a lot more. The trailer for me got me hooked, and I watched the movie, and I was like, oh. I mean, I kind of, I was a little expecting a lot more. The trailer got me hyped. and I gotcha. Um, then again, I wasn't a huge Scott Pilgrim fan either. Scott well, I went in. Oh, okay. I got I got you on that one. For me, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest Scott Pil- Pilgrim fan. If you actually think about it, I like the movie. Yeah, and I watch it and everything on Netflix because I actually want to yeah. revisit it and see how much the actors have changed since Scott Pilgrim. And really, yeah. if you actually look at Pil- Scott Pilgrim, Scott is just a dick. If you actually think about it, he's just a douchebag. Through the whole thing. (laughs) Right. And, you know, but with, I love Edgar Wright when it comes down to his body of work. I like his style and originality behind stuff. Last Night in Soko Mm -hmm. is actually one of my top anticipated films because I'm curious about what it's going to be because they're not giving much of a plot points on it. I love this Cornetto trilogy, though, with uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. What he did with those movies, those were entertaining. I mean, Hot Fuzz was my favorite out of all of them because <laughs> it was just pretty much the trope making fun of the action movies. And, and like every, and then like, and then of course, them watching all uh, the two characters, like uh, Nick Frost's character, a fascinating action movies. So it is, it is, it is, that was like, the, then again, the whole trilogy just was perfect for them. So I think he, like, he's like, he's got a lot of hits that I liked, and then he's got some disappointments that are just. I gotcha. A bummer. Yeah. I got Um, The next big set was the um, Alan Turdick's character from Rogue One. He um, he was uh, 
K two S zero and Andor like so in Rogue One he's not supposed to show up in the season one of the Star Wars Andor Disney Plus series, but he definitely plans on showing up later down the road. Um, he's like Turdick says they're they're shooting it right now. I'm not in it, but it's if it stays on the it stays on the air. Stories keep getting told. I'll end up there. Um, he's like I'm going to be in the show. It's just that the story that Tony Gil like. Gilroy is is telling doesn't involve K2S0 until later on. I can't be too specific, but I can definitely say that I'm not going to be in the first season. Okay, which is understandable. I mean, if you actually think about it, though, it's all about placement of the characters and the universe that you're Mm -hmm. trying to create around those characters. If that character doesn't fit in with the universe that you're trying to create, you can always Mm -hmm. go on ahead, especially with a TV show, add him in later on. Mm-hmm. And see where you're at with your characters and seeing how they develop. And maybe there might be actually a chance to actually put that character into that universe. Right now, it's okay. Just go ahead and make the first season the way that you need to make the first season. Develop your characters and bring him into the second season. Everybody's like, well, this is a big mistake. I'm not even interested in it now because he's not going to be in it. Uh, and I'm and this is me. I, I always think from a logical standpoint and everything, too. I'm a fan but at the same time, I also have to think of it from a business standpoint or a director's standpoint. Because mm-hmm. the here's the thing. The job of the director is to make the best possible movie or TV show for the universe that you're trying to create. And that's the bottom line. And mm-hmm. if those characters do not belong in the world and the universe that you're trying to create, either you have to get rid of that character or you bring them in at a later on. Later on. And yeah. there's this thing as building hype. For that, though, you can build your hype around setting him up for next season to where everybody would actually be excited to see him again. Yeah, like you don't want to rush a character in and then have everybody complain. And then then we're back to like, oh, well, we got you what you wanted and it failed. So that's on you. Um, Right. Yeah. But before we touch the Christopher Nolan, I want to go back to Morbius. I'm excited for it. And one thing is the other reason I'm excited is because. If this does well and Marvel gets its hands on it, Blade could be involved. And Morbius and Blade, that'd be kind of an interesting dynamic. That would be interesting. That would be interesting to Blade. Right, right. Yeah. Because I just thought vampires, he's a vampire hunter, and Blade is that. And maybe something happened, like Morbius does something that leads to him being the big villain that Blade has to fight. I mean, that could be, I don't know if it's happened in the comics, but I think this could be, it, it could be a, if it does well, and I'm hoping too, because it looks intriguing. And obviously if you can get Michael Caden, um, who I'm like, suspecting it's Vulture and this, uh, his character Vulture is in Morbius. He's talking about Spider-Man. I got a feeling that they're going to be able to maneuver it to get Blade involved, which that that's, that's my two cents. I just want to, add that in but yeah. i think that that make that movie more intriguing if they got some reference to blade my question is this let's say for instance for example that they bring vulture in now who would actually be the main villain because it could be one of two things number one blade could actually see the side of morpheus and be like okay i'm going to show mercy on you even though he doesn't show mercy on to any vampires but yeah. morpheus depending on how they actually do it it could actually be where he's like doing anything he can to actually be human again. But the yeah. um, mutation is actually taking over him mm-hmm. to the point where it's making him even more berserk, more crazy and everything. 
So it's like, who do I go after here? Do I go after Vulture or do I go after him? So it gives choices as to who you would actually go after Mm -hmm. and which one you can actually justify a little bit more than the other as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I uh, I just thought it was interesting. (laughs) Well, you had my wheels turning, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like I just thought of it just now. Like, wait a minute, Morbius, vampire. I'm like, oh, Blade, because Blade's in the Marvel universe well, now. You can go a different route though, too. Bounty hunting, as well, bringing him down. Yeah. So there's a X amount of stuff that you can do with it. Exactly, but <laughs> again, I just want Blade. I just, just give me, me give me some sort of any trailers, any images, any confirmation that Wesley Snipes is going to be involved in this movie. <laughs> Right, that makes me that makes me a whole lot happier though that Wesley is involved, which makes me think that I'm hoping that Wesley he'll be playing Whistler. huh? I hope he is. I, this is this wishful thinking. He, it, Wesley was this on Twitter tweeting out at him. I'll always be Blade. Images of that. I didn't want to see from like hear from Kevin Feig or any confirmation that Wesley will be involved in this movie. It is just we we want to know because <laughs> he's the one exactly. of the we played so far. Exactly. Oh, Rossi. Hey, Rossi. Thank you for joining us. I do appreciate you tuning in. She's nice. actually the independent right. actress. Yeah. Oh, cool. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the next big topic is Christopher Nolan no longer open to working with Warner Brothers. A big part of the show. So, following this has probably been brewing for a couple months now. Um, following Warner Brother Warner Media's HBO Max 2021 announcement. Longtime Warner Brothers Pictures collaborator Christopher Nolan was one of many filmmakers who voiced their opinions against the studio's game-changing decision. Because of this, many are wondering if Warner Brother Warner's simultaneous theatrical and HBO Max release strategy might have brought more harm to the studio than they originally intended. Um, that's too early to tell. Um, according to a new report by the Wall Street Journal, Nolan is reported no longer open to working with the studio again as he's deeply, deeply disappointed with the company's decision of sacrificing the movie-going experience. Should this indeed be Nolan's current plan, then last year's sci-fi thriller, Tenet, would probably be his last Warner Brothers movie project after 18 years of collaborating together. Um, so my initial thoughts is this. Okay, we already knew that he didn't like the fact that they were doing Dune at the same time as HBO Max and not releasing it into the theaters. We already knew that. Mm-hmm. And then he, then, like I said, it's all about being scared of something that you cannot see. It's all mm-hmm. about the fact that the old way of doing things is now going to be obsolete to him. And therefore we have to go with HBO Max streaming service to actually release newer movies, newer blockbusters onto HBO Max for 30 days. And he feels like that his art is actually going to be teared to screen. Uh, to shreds because it's actually going into a smaller screen rather than a larger screen to where we can actually yeah. get that billion dollars draw in for the box office. And like I said before, if you guys are actually just tuning in to the show and everything, I also said this, Christopher Nolan's a household name when it comes down to Warner Brothers. They know that they can make X amount of money on him. And they kind of complete trust in Christopher Nolan to do the best damn job that he can possibly do. But Christopher Nolan's actually scared of the unknown because they don't he doesn't know if they can actually make their money back or not or not either because you know movie theaters make their make their money 
pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's actually what helps the box office draw. And, you know, I actually feel like this. You can actually have it both ways. It can work both ways. You can go ahead, have it released into theaters, and then also, too, you can go on ahead and release it on HBO Max streaming service. And I know I'm repeating myself a little bit, but if you guys are tuning in, I want to just update some some of the things I've said. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just feel like people who are actually supportive of movies will actually go out and support a movie, regardless of the fact that it's gotten released onto a small screen. We already seen that with Wonder Woman 1984. So why not with Dune? Why not with other films and everything? Mm-hmm. You know, it could work the same way. It's like, hey, look, I'm going to go on ahead and watch this in theaters and I'll come back and watch this at home. So it could be working on both ends of the spectrum. So what are your I mean, thoughts I about Chris Nolan? I, I see his point. Um, I think he's more mad at the fact that Warner Brothers did the decision without really telling their filmmakers. They're really technically employees of Warner Brothers. So you'd expect communication. Warner Brothers just did it. They didn't tell anybody that they were going to do it this way. And I think from Nolan's perspective, he has every right to be mad in the sense that maybe he's mad because Warner Brothers didn't tell him they were doing this. And yeah, I feel for him about the movie going experience. I would have liked to see Tenet in theaters. But... What 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 like what Warner Brothers fought is like I mean like the side a hit their side of it is thinking maybe they're planning because look what's happening now look what all the movies right. that have been like we just announced today that have been delayed because of the pandemic because of because they don't have that security blanket of a streaming service to be able to get their movies out so they have to delay it delay the inevitable I'm like all right we just got ripped the bandit off we gotta we gotta delay it even though it's not really like not really what everybody wants. So I, I see both sides. I see the reason he's mad because they didn't tell him they were doing it. And it's also kind of loosening the effect of the theater experience. But it's not really Warner Brothers' fault. And it's not Nolan's fault that the theaters are closed. It's a pandemic. No. Nobody can control this. And they, right. if theaters aren't open, they can't show their movies and they can't make the money from the theaters. And if theaters hurt, are actually hurting themselves by staying open, the longer they stay open, the less money they're actually making during this pandemic. So that's why Regal came out and said, we're closing all this. Like, we, we, we're going to close again until like, there's like, a, there's multiple movies out that you could actually get people to watch and B and it, 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 it makes sense. And cause right now in the next couple months, it's not making any sense to open anything up. And, but again, I, I, I feel like, I feel it's that. And I think maybe if like, maybe it was, they've been together for 18 years. So we kind of figure right. something was going to, separate right. them at this point so i think like any other any other company that gets him is gonna be like they're gonna like holy crap we got christopher nolan we got we're gonna get a right. guaranteed hit and i think you know i think though? this is gonna be yeah go ahead sorry going ahead finish up i finish what you have to say and i'll comment yeah i think like i said i think warner brothers is gonna end up like like for like regretting this and at some point down the line no one will be back with warner brothers at some capacity, I think no one's probably like it's like he's like if like the, the quote like the for not quote like what's going on with football head coaches head coaches need a different atmosphere they need a different environment maybe that like so they can get get right. try out to see what this other one's like maybe that's what no one's doing in a sense because he's been with eighteen years with Warner Brothers and they've been hits well technically uh. And Interstellar wasn't Warner Brothers. That was Paramount. Right. 
Well, let me go on ahead and say this. Um, and it's going back to your football analogy, though, too. Yeah. He's like Tom Brady of Warner Brothers. He's actually the yeah. go-to person that you would know for a fact that he can you can count on to actually put yeah. out a box <laughs> office here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that it wasn't fear for Warner Brothers to uh, mm-hmm. not tell the directors, the people that they're working for, um, to tell them what's going on, what's the game plan. Yeah. They could have had a sit down with all the directors and everything through a, through a Zoom meeting if they needed to. It's like, yeah. hey, look, I know that we have a pandemic going on, but amongst the pandemic, we're mm-hmm. going to have to release the, these films on a certain uh, on a certain streaming service up until this pandemic is actually taken care of. Yeah. And look, if you guys want to opt out, you won't be in violation of your contracts. You guys can come back to mm-hmm. us after this pandemic has actually settled down. And you guys are free to, you're basically free agents for how many months yeah. and you guys get, get to come back. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, and it also, yeah. what they're doing now, Warner Brothers deal is not, is, it's not permanent. This is just a temporary thing. They're not, it's not, Warner Brothers not doing, they're not getting rid of the movie going experience. They know they need that. They're just doing it in a temporary right. fix and what's going on. But if Warner Brothers just had a sit down with the, all their employees and just told them what's going on, yeah, they would have been, yeah, I'm a little right. bummed. They would have been pissed off as they are now. So I think, so the, the most of the, like at least 60, maybe 70% of the blame is on Warner Brothers for not communicating what they're doing properly. Because their head was in the game, that's how what they're they're thinking. The, they're playing the long game, but what they didn't do is they didn't think about the short game and tell their employees what they're doing, which is why right. there's all this backlash, and that's why they potentially lost. Uh, they just lost their top free agent. They just lost their top money maker because right. Well, for right now, we'll see. Something could happen. They can like patch things up, but until this pandemic is cleared away, I, I can see no like no one probably definitely going somewhere else, and they're gonna right. no they're gonna. Heck, no one could probably even do a Marvel movie now. <laughs> right. Or at this rate, you know, I wouldn't want to see him doing uh, a Marvel movie or anything like that because that's not his style. No, no offense. I'd like yeah. to see him do something more original. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we actually see him at Sony because Sony actually needs help right now. Yeah. Even though they have Spider-Man, they're playing in the same sandbox as mm-hmm. Spider-Man and everything else right now, they need a big major franchise. And they're thinking of stupid crap to actually do a mix up mix the franchises together like with 21 mm-hmm. jump street and in black and all that stuff now yeah. you have can actually get christopher nolan in there and mm-hmm. actually have some creativity for a short term and make him sign a deal for maybe a year maybe yeah and, and do it that way and then call back to warner mm-hmm. brothers so I that's paramount paramount well, I would guess, be awesome because, like I said earlier, Interstellar was paramount. Right. And now, I can't believe we're actually big talking new- about this. Like, I can't believe we're actually talking li- like this. Like, ESPN, like, trading. Yeah. Like, wh- where would you actually put Nolan? Like, we're trading him off to yeah, like, other movie yeah. studios? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and now, now we're talking about it. I mean, because I mean, he's the top free agent now. If he leaves Warner Brothers, he can go to anywhere he wants. But my personal gut choice is telling me I think he's going to Paramount. He's going to do he's going to do maybe a few movies with Paramount. To be honest, that's where I see that. And because Paramount's got a lot of big stuff, because they have 
the Paramount Plus network, which is actually, which was originally CBS All Access, which is getting reverted to Paramount Plus. And that's where the, uh, the SpongeBob, uh, a Sponge Out of Water movie is supposed to be, not Sponge Out of Water, uh, uh, Sponge on the Run is supposed to be okay. streaming directly on Paramount Plus. Okay. So, so. what else do we have? Um, we got some uh, fan questions. Okay. Um, one is so from, one of them. Yeah, from Crichton Hobbs, oh, yeah, he wrote in. Yes. Yeah. He says, um, well, you can always bring up the point about how HBO Max is not releasing the movies on the app, like when they are releasing in the theater. How does that help? How does that not help? You can really, like, deep dive into that. or um, And then, so that's so mentioned just discussing about the HBO Max stuff. Um, is okay. releasing the movies on the app like they are when they're releasing in theaters. Um I think, again, we, we, we kind of pointed on this earlier on. It's a win-win. If, if you want to see it in the theater and if you feel it's safe and you're near a theater, you can see it in the theater then come back home and watch it on uh, on HBO Max. If you don't have theaters open, that... Um, I, I, at this point, I don't see any reason why it's not helpful. I mean, I think, like I said, it's... Because a lot of the... T- if you have Xfinity, you and, and you have... And if you have Xfinity and you're paying for HBO you get HBO Max already, so you're not really, you're just paying for HBO, and you get anything that, everything from HBO, plus everything that is on HBO Max, which is a ton of content, and again, they only came out last May, so they, there right. were, were about six months of them, and they they haven't even hit their stride yet of all the stuff coming out, I mean, there's, and there's a lot of great stuff that's going to be coming to them soon, so, I, I, I don't see any harming what they're doing i think it's a win-win it's helping the it's helping the studio yeah it might be losing some directors but you have and then but there's some other big directors are actually creating shows for hbo max i mean they had that race with raised by wolves which i'm not gonna watch it didn't look intriguing to me but ridley scott was doing that michael mann's got um yeah (laughs) michael mann's got a tv show i think called tokyo vice that's coming to HBO Max. Don't know when in twenty twenty, like, might be twenty twenty one, but but it, Michael Mann's a pretty big director and he knows how to shoot some scenes, and he's got a, a series. So um, again, I think it's a win win. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not gonna. We pretty much covered that part. Now I know he had yeah. a question about Justice League. He did. He said. Um, uh, is where the Justice League is, Justice League movie is it going to be? Um, is it re- going to be released as a four-hour movie, um, um, or as a mini-series? And can you bring up the pros and cons of that? Um, okay, so oh, I, actually, I actually have some information on that. So they just confirmed it, I believe, last week that it's no longer going to be a mini-series or anything like that. They said, think of it as watching a four-hour movie. And basically, the way I see it is this. It's just like releasing The Irishman, which is like a three-hour-long movie that they released on Netflix. So basically, how I watched that movie was I watched it in like an – I split it up into three hours. Like the first hour, I watched it, and then the second hour, I watched another thing. So I was like like watching it like an episode and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Rossi said that she watched Raised by Wolves. It was okay. I'm actually going to be starting that series pretty soon. Frenchie and I actually did a trailer reaction video for it. And that's it released. As a matter of fact, I believe that we released that today. I'm going to have to go back and double check yes. myself on that. 
So we did. I we released, Yeah. Yeah, we did a trailer reaction for that today. So I'm gonna be yeah. starting that up pretty soon. Maybe we might actually do like one episode review <laughs> on that. So stay tuned yeah. for that. Um, I got a late yeah. attendant. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying though, for the four hour bit thing, I split up uh, the Irishman in three parts since it was three hours long. Mm -hmm. I can do the yeah. same thing with the Justice League movie and still mm -hmm. feel like I watched a four hour film. Just think of it yeah. as like an intermission, like you would go to a play and everything. Yeah. To be honest with you, I'll probably be watching. I'll probably won't even pause it, pause it at all, either. Mm -hmm. Because I'm just that intrigued into the Zack Snyder's cut. I've been a big advocate for the Snyder cut. I've been doing the hashtags on Twitter. I've been doing doing a bunch of David Ayer's not uh, not David Ayer, but um, you know the director who actually directed Suicide Squad. I've been an advocate for him, trying to get his movie into the director's cut chair as well. And you know I've just been a big advocate in that community and everything on Twitter. And matter of fact, ACS Universe is actually part of that same community as well. Anthony's part of that community. But nice. I, you know what? Let me just give a small shout out to the Nerd Queens, which if it wasn't for the Nerd Queens, they wouldn't have been able to do what they did. They actually got Ray Fisher on their show. Big congratulations to them uh, a couple of months back. And they also did um, DC, the DC uh, Con or whatever they called it. I forgot what it was actually called. But they did stuff like that, and they were able to get... No, DC Fandom is what it was called. Yeah, but yeah. big shout-out to the Nerd Queens. Mm -hmm. uh, Wonder Meg was actually on my show. We did a Wonder Woman Part 1 review, and she's just awesome. If you want to check her out, she's even on uh, YouTube as well as Wonder Meg. Check out her uh, YouTube channel. She does pop reviews, things like that. But back to this, Justice League for me is one of those films that I was disappointed as I was leaving the movie theater. And Joss Whedon was not the right fit for this movie. It was not Zack Snyder's fault that he had actually had to leave because his daughter committed suicide. And then they left Joss in charge of this movie, and it just went on. It just fell down the crap barrel and just didn't stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, they tried... Bug. Yeah, definitely. And then Batman doing comedy? No. <laughs> That's not who Batman is. And yes, no. I am a diehard Batman fan. But <laughs> Yeah. Hence <laughs> <Just> the shirt. <laughs> right. But what what's your thoughts on this though, Charlie? Um, uh, like I said, like a mini series that I was like like I said, it, it depends on how if the if the first hour go and I'm intrigued, I'll probably continue. It depends, like I said, if if it's a kind of like long and drawn out, I'll probably break it up into pieces. I mean, movie or miniseries, I was going to watch this anyway because anything can be better than that travesty that came out in November. And A, it had to come out the week after Thor Ragnarok came out. And I'm sorry, anything going up against Mar uh, Thor Ragnarok was going to get destroyed. And like Josh Whedon, like I said, I mean, he did a great job with the first Avengers. That was a great movie. And kind of like like a second Avengers is kind of the same repeat of the first one, still entertaining, but Josh Whedon definitely needed a hug after that one. And now I don't know what where he ended up from Age of Ultron to Justice League because like I said that movie was just garbage. Yeah. And like anything, like I said, any I, I'll take a four hour Zack Snyder over whatever I just watched. I mean I don't even own Justice League because that movie was 
garbage. Same this here. one I'm excited for. No, I mean, like, I'm excited for it. I mean, it might. I think it might be good. It's probably going to be a lot better than what we had. I mean, anything could be better than that. But it's just, um, it doesn't matter if it's that or not. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna watch this regardless. But I mean, yeah. Okay. But I mean, I like, like I said, I'm excited to see what Zack Snyder's got got in the tank for this, and hopefully, if it does well, even though he right now says, "No, I'm not really gonna continue it." Warner Brothers, that if this thing is a hit that a lot of people are expecting it to be, then I could see that skyrocketing. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ruined for it. I think it might be, I'm ruined for it, but it, 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 we'll, we'll find out soon. And then, it, like I said, if they, whatever the length, it doesn't matter the length of time, you could be two hours and it'd be great, or you can be like an hour and a half and it being terrible and want it to be over sooner. Like for the Waffle Wall Street, that movie was three hours. That did not feel like three hours because you're so sucked no. into the story and you feel like after you're done watching, like, oh, holy crap, it's three hours. <laughs> so it really <laughs> right. depends on right. if they get their story told. Because, I mean, yeah, because like like I said, I think for most Bond movies, they got to be at least two hours. Anything less than two hours, because most Bond movies, I mean, very rarely has there been one that's been as shorter than two hours. Usually if it's two hours or more, it's a, the better movie. Like, I mean, yeah, because you don't, yeah, no one wants to pull a Kwame Salas. Right. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. Now, now. Oh, I think I hear oh, a little bit of it. I think I hear a little bit of it. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, okay. But no. Um, <laughs> hold on. Dealing with some technical problems, real quick. Okay. I think we got it. I think we got it. Okay, so another thing, too, is my friend Kidrick actually wrote in as well. And what did he write? Um, he asked the question is, if your life was a movie, what would it be categorized as action, drama, comedy, thriller, or what? So I'm going to let you go first. What would you categorize your life to be? Drama. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to go. From- oh, go on. From when I was born, I was born like, and then I had like when I was a couple months old, I had cancer, so I dealt with that, and then, um, and then going through school, bullied all my life, all that kinds of stuff, and then and then being able to overcome that, and then, um, and then pandemic and the tragic loss I just had five months ago, it was the, the son passing to my dad, like I mean, it's just been up down, up down, up down. So mainly, I would say drama. God, I wish it was an action movie. <laughs> I dreamt by John Woo. Because then I know, like, if I know Doves, I gotta get my guns ready. Because that'd be kind of cool to have it, to, to live in a John Woo movie. Just jumping in slow motion. <laughs> I see your point. But drama. So, let's see here. For me, it would actually be drama. And maybe a little bit of comedy mixed in with it. So... Be, simply because of the fact with uh, just my past life with my uh, parents and stuff like that, too. And then also, too, being bullied, suicide tendencies. And then also another thing as well with um, just some of the other rocky stuff that happened in my life that I'm not going to get into on here. But, you know, I would act- and then, of course, you know, you can't have all drama. So, of course, I actually have some friends that actually have some lightheartedness to my 
uh, to my depression, I guess, for my drama. <laughs> but, um, but you know, they're they're great friends and everything. So I actually have to put some comedy in there as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I just said drama because I I've been for a lot, and it's just um, and then like I said, I I'm just expecting like at the end of the tunnel there be a happy ending. And right now, like I said, I'm just ready for COVID that so I can actually start going back to my happy place, and that's the theaters. But right. But that, so, that that's pretty much good. My okay. good description. <laughs> okay. My question for you though is, who would actually narrate your life? <laughs> Hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> no, what can't be Stafum, can't be Stallone. Um even though it won't make sense, maybe the rock. <laughs> so that's where you yeah, want no, to no, 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 no. Actually if it was a comedy, I would do Ryan Reynolds narrate my life, <laughs> which would be hilarious. I gotta get I, I I actually no, I gotta give it to Keanu. I want Keanu Reeves to narrate my life because <laughs> He would, he would, yeah, he'd be perfect. Keanu, okay. that's my answer. Definitely got to go with the one. <laughs> okay, so for me, I'm going to go Samuel L. Jackson. Because sometimes I'm thinking certain things and he goes, motherfucker, you know you ain't going to do that. You know you're not going to return that phone call. <laughs> and, and then here I am just looking at my cell phone like, yeah, yeah, Samuel. I, I don't think I'm going to return that phone call. I told you, motherfucker. I told you. So yeah, I could just see that. And then um, another one I would probably have, I would like to actually probably have Morgan Freeman narrate my life just for some subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> After, uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson just get, rips me a new one. I just want to have someone just to calm me down. So that until would actually Morgan, be more. Until, <laughs> until Morgan Freeman drops the MF line. <laughs> so what else do we have? I think that was like uh, one more question. Chat was wondering, they just logged on. Um, to answer the question, we were like somebody asked us to talk about our lives, about uh, wh- how we would categorize our life as if it was a movie. Um, and we were oh, just okay. wondering, like, John wanted to know who would be the person that would narrate our life. I said Keanu Reeves, and John yeah. said Samuel Jackson and Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tacky Chan, for coming in. But yeah, that's what we were doing. Someone asked about uh, the narration of our lives and also, too, what we what would uh, our lives be categorized as? Drama, comedy, mm-hmm. action, stuff like that. So we went on with that. So that's um, that's pretty much what we did. Uh, wasn't there, like, one more? <laughs> there is. Um, and it's, it's TV-related. So is it better to keep shows going on forever or to end them after a few seasons? Can can, and it says can compare things like Family Guy, South Park, Simpsons, okay. again shows like Buffy who were renewed for more seasons. But when Josh Ween said no and and it and ended it, like, is it more is more or less better? Okay, so my friend Rick wrote that, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, when you look at Sons of Anarchy, and it's six seasons, I'm gonna quote mm-hmm. what Kurt Sutter, Sutter said. He said, once you go past four seasons, it becomes repetitive and everything. And it does. We've seen that with shows like Supernatural that just got over with. We've seen that with other shows as well that went on for a longer Mm -hmm. run. 
and it just become repetitiveness. And it's like, okay, what else do we do with these characters? Where others, we already put them through so much stuff with their story arcs and there's nowhere else to go with them. Do we keep going or do we stop? And Mm -hmm. that's how I feel. I feel like even with Dexter, for example, you already explored a lot of the de- a lot of Dexter as a character, and you also explored mm-hmm. his character arc. And then the stuff that you did towards the end of it didn't even make sense. But I'm glad they're redeeming him now. But it didn't make sense to actually do this, make him do the things that he was doing back then. It just goes to show you that some shows are just not meant to be on on for such a long period of time. I would my, my rule is this: if you're going to go five seasons, go five seasons and end it after five seasons. Anything longer becomes repetitive. I think, it, like, for me, it me it varies. Like, some shows, like, I think should have ended, like, a long time ago. How I Met Your Mother should have ended a long time ago. That ending was garbage. That was, and I can be for another, but that, that, that one went too long. Um, Dexter went too long. Um, shows that I think didn't go didn't get the chance to go longer, should have. Um, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the way they ended that on a cliffhanger and they don't even, they don't even finish it. Like that show was awesome. It proves to me that Lena Headley can play a better Sarah Connor than her counterpart in Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark can. Like the Sarah Connor Chronicles was awesome. It was intense. It was, it was, it was entertaining. I thought it was a great show that should have gone further than two seasons. Like, and there were some shows, like other shows, like, like I didn't see all Sins of Anarchy, so I didn't, I, I, like, I know right. what happens, and I didn't get a chance to watch, and I think that one, it depends. If you got more story to tell, then do it. If it's, like, if it keeps doing no ideas. Like, I was disappointed how Chuck ended, and Chuck's one of my favorite shows. But I think that one should have kept going at least one more season. So I guess mm-hmm. it just really depends on what you got. I mean, if, you, if you're, like, South Park they can keep going on as long as they can because the way they film their episodes, they do it the week of. Like, they do it, like, three days before they shoot it. That's how they stay so current. And that right. one, I can see that right. keep going. The Simpsons, I think, should have ended a long time ago because they just the Simpsons didn't, didn't interest me. I enjoyed the movie, but the show just, meh, I just can't get into it. I mean, Family Guy, I still find is funny because it's current, and I like Seth MacFarlane. Um, but it's like, I think it just varies from show to show. Like some shows should have ended. Like just recently on NBC, I watched blind spot. I was a huge fan of that show. Then this final season happened and that felt kind of, it was 10 episodes, but it felt, it didn't feel It felt like drawn out and the way they ended. It was awful. Like, like, I mean, like, or, or like, and then again, from one of the guys in that show, um, blind spot, uh, Sullivan Stapleton, he was in a show I liked called strike back. That one had four, like, I think a bunch of seasons, and then they ended the show with those two guys. Then they rebooted it again and called it season six. And from season six on, that stuff's garbage. So I guess it varies from that. I mean, if the, if there was just those two guys, Sullivan Stapleton and Philip Winchester. Oh, by the way, if you guys have not seen Strike Back, I'd highly recommend it. If, like, if you want a great action show, like it's like one baddie for, for like 10 episodes. But the action sequences are like top notch. Highly recommended. If you have Cinemax, all on Cinemax, great shows. But anyway, they showed us if it was just those two guys, Philip Winchester and Sullivan Stapleton, as a uh, Damian Scott and um, Michael Stonebridge, 
they, they kept doing the show with those two guys, I would have kept watching because it depends on the characters too. If you really care about the characters, you want to continue, want them to continue. So I think it varies, to be honest. Yeah, it yeah. does vary. It does vary. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Uh, I'll try something. Anyways. Let's see. How about now? How's that? That was fine. Okay. So yeah, it definitely does vary. Like for example, another thing that I want to actually talk about is Seinfeld. That was a bad season. That was a bad ending to a show. Two and a Half Men was bad sitcom ending to a show. Um, the only ones I could actually say that was really good was Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad, The Shield. Were the th- uh, were the three that I can remember on hand right now. I. I want to watch The Wire, and I want to watch Deadwood. I want to watch some of those other shows because I haven't gotten a chance to watch them. But I'm, but those are the shows that I think right now in my head that I think that ended really good. Boardwalk Empire had a good start, but finished off uh, rough. It was like watching Godfather three, kind of rough on that level. Um, I don't remember. I think once I remember, um, can't remember the top of my head. I just didn't know. Um, I was a little disappointed with how 24 ended. Um, I was really wanted them to continue because Kiefer Sutherland is Jack Bauer. He's just, he's just such a badass. Um, does whatever it takes to get the job done, and that, he's just a badass. Um, that was a little disappointing, but as bad as the other endings I've seen, I think I've seen more bad endings than I have good endings, and that's that's unfortunate. Like Dexter was terrible. Sopranos was terrible. Um, Chuck was disappointing. Um, Blind Spot was terrible. Um, ER, ER had a great ending. Um, I remember that show. That ending was that that ending was perfect for that. Um, that one went fifteen seasons, and that one how how well that show still did was just that's just incredible. All right. So, does anybody else have any questions for us or any topic discussions that you would like us to talk about and everything uh, during this time? Because I would like to actually be more interactive with you guys. If you guys have any questions in the chat or whatever, go on ahead and feel free to ask us any questions that you might have, TV-related, movie-related, or anything like that. Uh, Because here's the thing. I want to try and build a community with you guys and actually where you guys can actually be interactive to where you guys can say, hey, look, we can actually talk to you without any judgment or anything like that, because that's what this community is about. This is what I love doing. This is what Movie Lovers Unite is all about. So if you guys have anything for us, any TV-related questions, go on ahead, drop them down. We want to know. But if not, we're going to go on ahead and just end this now, uh, because we don't have any other topics or anything like that to go over with. So if you guys have any questions, go on ahead, tell us now, or forever hold your peace. (laughs) But, okay, so... That's going to be it for the show. I just want to say thank you, Charlie, for joining me for tonight, for tonight's movie news. Uh, Another thing, too, guys, is we're actually doing another show tomorrow night at the same time at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And we're actually going over our top 10 worst movies of 2008. We're actually going to have Charlie's good friend Sean on the show with us doing that. And then... On Monday, I don't have anything really planned. On Tuesday, I actually have uh, independent actress, Marine Corp, 
and producer director that's actually going to be on the show and everything at the same time at eight o'clock central time nine o'clock eastern time six o'clock pacific time and of course on the 29th i actually have isabel uh isabel's um podcast with me and everything and basically what that what she does is she just goes in and she just reviews different things talks about her life and things like that and we're going to be reviewing the devil all the time so we're going to do that at on five o'clock central time six o'clock eastern time three o'clock pacific time so that's what we're going to be doing john i just saw something and i think we should uh it's another delay it's a pretty big one too Okay. My what buddy just like my buddy on Facebook just share, showed that a quiet place two has been delayed to September. Damn. Okay. And I, did, I just saw this an hour ago. And um so yeah, that just a quick thing. Another dim- a domino has fallen in the twenty twenty one. So it, it was supposed to be out March eighteenth of the of uh, last year. Then the studio pushed it to the twentieth of September. It was delayed again to April of 2021, and now it's been pushed back again to September 17th. It is unclear if the horror follow-up will be forced to vacate that date as well, but again, just saw that breaking. Okay. And you know what? I actually totally forgot about A Quiet Place 2 with Morbius, with all the other movies. Mm-hmm. I forgot about A Quiet Place 2. Quiet Place 1 was my one of my favorites of that year that was, as well. That was, that was, yeah, that was intense. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like I just saw that right yep. when we we're wrapping up. I'm like, yep, we gotta mention it. It's a pretty big one. Okay. Um it's still in twenty twenty one right now, but we'll see. But I figured um mention that before we go. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. I do appreciate that. And of course, guys, if you guys want to and you guys feeling generous, you know what? Go on ahead, donate to the show if you guys want to. How do you do that? Go on ahead, click the link below. Go on ahead, go to that GoFundMe page and everything and donate maybe $5, whatever you guys want to. You guys don't have to, but if you do, go on ahead and do that. If you want to go on ahead and find any of your entertainment needs and wants, go to www.movieloversunite.com. And then, of course, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Instagram, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook as well. That's mainly where my, my go-to is. Another thing, too, is... We're actually on Pinterest at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite, and we're also on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit. And you guys can follow me there, or you guys can go on ahead and follow me on John DeGorio8 on Twitter, and also to. Hey guys, John here. I just want to talk about something for a minute. We actually have a Patreon up right now in full swing, and that is our $5 a month plan. It's called Movie Lovers Classics. It covers bonus episodes, reviewing classic movies like you're about to listen to right now with the. Uh, little Caesar review that we just did, early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, shoutouts on the main uh, feed, early access to episodes, and then we also have all access documentary series review, which is $10 a month. And that includes bonus episodes, Eli Roth's History of Horror, early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, shoutouts on the main feed as well. And then that also includes our classic... uh, movie reviews as well and then our $20 a month plan is our VIP movie lover and that also includes bonus episodes classic movie reviews interviews with independent actors actresses directors and comic book writers and it also includes movie lovers documentaries and early access to episodes monthly newsletters free digital movies and shout outs on the main feed as well go on ahead subscribe to the patreon we hope that we'll see you there and always until next time guys bye bye